Hello and welcome to The Muslims Are Coming, hosted by me, Ash, and my mercurial and slightly inappropriate buddy, Billy Bazooka. Hello. We are a topical news podcast covering everyday stories, most of which are nothing whatsoever to do with Muslims. But some, as you can imagine, in this world of immigration, interracial copulation and universal suffrage, may involve the odd Muslim going about his or her business. We apologise in advance for any consequent boredom such inclusions may cause, or indeed any offence the mentioning of these peoples may cause, and of course we apologise wholeheartedly in advance for any violations of Article 10 of the Human Rights Act 1998, Freedom of Expression. We shall thus endeavour to be very free on this show. We love freedom in its entirety. We will freely make bad jokes at the expense of unfortunate and vulnerable others, especially exotic ones, because we can, because we're free. That bit of binding legislation, which may invoke punitive measures if violated, including incarceration, makes us free. Totally free on SoundCloud. So, ladies and gentlemen, we start the show, which I stress again, is nothing really to do with Muslims, with a bit of Muslim news. In this segment, Billy and I pick our favourite news stories from around the world that features or somehow implicates Muslims or Islam or anti-establishment violent political dissidents who have appropriated and skewered remote aspects of Islamic law and theology to wage a sporadic, disorganised, aimless guerrilla war against the forces of global domination, gentlemen's grooming products and female drivers. (laughs) So to kick us off, let's not faff around, it's Boko Haram! Yay! So, Boko Haram insurgents attack Cameroon army base, several wounded... Um, Nigerian Boko Haram insurgents attacked a Cameroon military camp near the town of Waza in the north of the country on Monday, wounding several soldiers and army spokesmen said. Chad, Niger and Cameroon have begun a joint offensive against Boko Haram militants who have killed thousands of people in a bid to carve out an Islamic emirate in northern Nigeria and have increasingly staged raids across nearby borders. Hmm. Boko Haram, Billy. Boko Haram. Um, what do you think about these chaps? Ash, say what you want about me. Say what you want. But I'm an honest man. Right? And I'm going to be very honest with you. Go on, I didn't really do much research before the podcast right. on, on Boko Haram. But I went on Wikipedia before the show. Mm. And there were two facts which uh, caught my eye. Right. So one of them is that uh, Boko Haram means Western education is haram. Boko coming from the Hausa word, which originally means fake but is also extended to mean Western education, mm. and haram coming from the Arabic meaning forbidden. Mm. And the second fact, Ash, which mm. I thought was a lot more interesting, right. is that much like London, yeah. the wealth of Nigeria, much of which comes from oil and gas, is located in the southwest of the country, mm. whereas Boko Haram are based in the less prosperous northeastern region. Mm. So in money terms, it's basically Kensington versus Hackney. Right. And when I, when I say Hackney, I don't mean the new synth... Hackney, where where you can see a man's testicles bulging through his biker shorts. No, sir. You keep it, sir. I mean, Ash, you're laughing, but I've been there. It looks like everyone goes shopping with Elton John. So, Ash, you are to politics what Mm. Kira Knightley is to shit films. So, (laughs) thanks. My question to you, Ash is do you think in the absence of any sort of discernible wealth or oil in the north- northeastern region, mm. do you think that may explain why the Americans or the British haven't sent Bono to Nigeria yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. What do you think? Well, basically, my question is, why does no one give a shit? 
Well, southeast. So you said southwest Nigeria, right? South, south, southwest. That's right. Yeah. Um, is that where the oil, you said it's that's that's where, where the, the oil and that's gas? That's where the majority is. of the oil and gas is, and that's where the um, the wealth is concentrated. And even Boko though the capitals Harama are in, in the center, northeast, they're in the northeastern region. That's right. And the international community doesn't give a fuck. Correct. Well, that's uh, that's that then, isn't it? Well, another thing, Ash, is do you think that this is sending a message out to those sort of insurgencies plying their trade in the lower leagues, as it were? Because ISIS are really, they're sort of Champions League, Premier League, aren't they? Whereas Boko Haram are more championship. I mean, they've got, they've got Manish on a Saturday night, whereas ISIS have got Gary Lineker. Harsh. <laughs> Harsh? Harsh but fair. Now, do you think, Ash, that these lesser insurgents, not including Boko Haram, um, who are sort of playing Rochdale away on a sort of dreary, rainy Wednesday night, (laughs) do you think that in order for them to get into the top flight of media coverage, as it were, do you think that they need to find themselves some Western targets or oil reserves? I mean, is that what it takes? Well, if you're going to take the Champions League example, definitely. I mean, look where look where ISIS are. In between oil wells, more oil wells, yeah. to in every direction, pretty much, isn't it? Jackpot. And the small matter of Israel being on the on the coast, um, so it's publicity central for them, isn't it? Whereas Boko Haram, poor guys. I mean, they're just what they got. They're trying to get down to the south southeast, aren't they? Yeah. But two are they? We don't know. I mean, they've expanded recently into Cameroon and Niger. Mm. And Chad. And Chad, yeah. Don't forget Chad. Mm. A lot of people people forget you, Chad, but we don't here. Not at the MAC. Give love a Chad. The Channel 4 News presenter, Kathy Newman, has said she will be taking a break from Twitter and issued a full apology after she caused outrage by tweeting that she was ushered out of a London mosque. The journalist and broadcaster went into the South London Islamic Centre on Visit My Mosque Day last month, but implied on social media that she was made to leave despite explaining why she was there. Officials from the mosque have since claimed that the incident was a mix-up rather than sexism, and video footage later showed that Newman only entered very briefly before a man near the doorway seemingly pointed her to the church next door, uh, after which she left on her own accord. Newman wrote today on Twitter that she deeply regrets that this happened and has said she'd written to the mosque to offer her sincere apologies after visiting it in error and for tweets sent in haste. I accept my tweets were inappropriate and regret the use of the word ushered, she said. Now, when this story came out... She is the worst. (laughs) She is the absolute worst. I mean, I can actually believe it, uh, Billy, so I'd be really interested to to see what you thought of this. Uh, that... I mean, I don't care who you are. That is a total douchebag manoeuvre. <laughs> I mean, Ash, the, the crazy thing is the mosque actually received threats. Yeah, yeah. After that complete mm. and total lie. Mm. So I don't know where that fits in with the whole inciting violence debate. I mean, surely that's, yeah. she should get prosecuted for that. Mm. Especially when she's been caught on CCTV. Well, she's free to say what she likes, isn't she? But I mean, I was, I don't know if you saw the CCTV footage, Billy. I did. Um, actually, yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw it while I was researching this. And I just can believe it because she actually looked really ridiculous, didn't she? She went in she there, did. and there was—I mean—the man that she claimed ushered her out was so confused. He, he seemed was. like he was in between something. Yeah, and uh, you know, very, you know, nicely. Yeah, he gestured toward... in a very passive manner. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, presumably went back to prayers before he went back to work. So exactly. 
another strange thing is when she got to that mosque, when she eventually got to where she should have been, uh, to a mosque that was participating in this um, in this event, she tweeted that she received a very wonderful, warm welcome. Oh, how lovely! Um, but I mean, it didn't think. It, it strikes me that she didn't. It didn't at all occur to her that twenty minutes later she sent a completely opposite message. Um, about the other mosque. Well, you're right, Ash. It is a bit strange. I mean, she's acting a little bit weird, really, as if, well, maybe she's got something to hide. I mean, <laughs> is it a coincidence, Ash, that this week Fifty Shades of Grey is coming out in the cinemas? Oh, <laughs> she was, Ash. <laughs> she was dressing up. Mm. She was clearly doing a bit of role play, mm. a.k.a. lying. Mm. And, <laughs> you know, she's a dangerous woman. Maybe this is the next step in viral marketing. I mean, she was so good at it as she managed to convince the entire world that she's a complete moron. <laughs> and, and Ash, isn't public humiliation or even private humiliation a vital part of SNM? Mm. So you be the judge. I mean, it could be true. Mm. And in a way, Ash, doesn't that really mean that it is true? Mm-hmm. Who's to say? And the other thing that annoyed me, Ash, is that it's not even a good lie. I mean, I've told a fair few lies in my time, but I'm an honest man. I've always said that. But if you are going to lie, Ash, make it a good lie. I mean, maybe add that the guy came at you with a machete or, or maybe they tried to put you in a dungeon. And when no one believes you, Ash, call Fox News. Going straight onto Twitter, that is an amateur move. But And with the whole, oh, they tried to show me, that's pathetic. That's a pathetic lie. You're better than that, Kathy Newman. And you let yourself down. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, thank God it wasn't such a sensitive subject. (laughs) Now, everyone's favourite newspaper, the Daily Telegraph, I mean, Telegraph, published an article this week with the headline, Worried about Muslims in Britain? Here's the answer. Journalist James Kirkup presented a series of statistics about Muslims in Britain, including 21.3% of British Muslims have never worked. Only 10% of British Muslims are in lower managerial, admin and professional jobs. A staggering 19% of British Muslims voted for Flow to win X Factor. And only 0.2% of British Muslims shop in Waitrose. Wow. <laughs> now, Ash, it's a well-known fact that you are to statistics what Kira Knightley is to shit films. So, <laughs> so if you could break down some of these, some of these lovely figures for our... Uh, listeners out there well it just means muslims are shit well (laughs) there you have it james (laughs) looks like we've got a statistic of our own here at the mac your article is 100 percent bullshit (laughs) (laughs) take that sir (laughs) and now we come on to our final news story for this week Schoolboy Ehsan Rahman was devastated when he lost his mobile phone and thought he would never see it again. But a passerby found it in the street in London's East End and cycled over to the boys' school to return it to him. It has confirmed, quote, the kindness of the community, the school said. Ian Mikado High School head teacher Claire Lillis commented, At a time when the world is full of tragedy and tension, I wanted to share this good news with the community as an example of how we can and do work together for the common good. Yes! Take that, Cathy Newman! Okay, a bit of breaking news coming in now. Three Muslim students shot dead by a militant atheist in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Um, But uh, according to our sources, BBC News, Sky News and Fox News are yet to report on it. What a surprise. 
so it must be made up. People with Western values would never do that. Just sweet Charlie. Um, okay, Billy, I've noticed that you look a bit forlorn. Um, and you mentioned something to me before we came on um, about your week. It's been awful, Ash. <laughs> really? It's been terrible. Uh, so what 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 was uh, particularly bad about it? Well, as you know, Ash, I live in Newham. And uh, for those listeners who aren't familiar with this East London borough, if we compare sort of boroughs with fictional TV characters, then Newham is sort of a cross between Phil Mitchell from EastEnders and Baldrick from Blackadder. <laughs> now... My house was flooded last week, Ash, with about four inches of sewage due to an uh, unfortunate urban planning error, which means that the collected waste, including faecal matter and urine, of about 15 houses runs through the drain underneath my property. Now, when we opened the manhole cover, we discovered a blockage so severe that it made the red wedding scene from Game of Thrones look like handbags on a Sunday morning. (laughs) Mate, how can I explain it to you, Ash? Imagine, Imagine a World War trench was transported back in time into medieval England. Mm. And now, add to that, about three tons of shit, man! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, Ash, for several days, I was slowly scooping out foul water and cursing just about everything and everyone, from the plumber to Newham Council, whoever built that drainage system. And then when the guy finally came over and confirmed that the blockage was indeed caused by oil and fat, Ash, at that point, I was so annoyed. My nostrils were, they were stinging. <laughs> and I'm ashamed to say I was looking for someone to blame. Mm. And I thought, you know what? Bloody immigrants. Mm. Mm. They're, they're the only ones that could be pouring oil and fat down the drain. Yeah, that's what, you know Romanians. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, Ash? I'm voting UKIP. Mm. I mean, wise, wise. I've given peace a chance, Ash. I've been to Whole Foods. I've even tried kale. <laughs> but enough is enough. I mean, you can't unblock a drain with an olive branch, Ash. I've tried it. I mean, until Ed Miliband comes over, abseils into the underground sewage network, Farage has my vote. I'm sorry to say. So that's right, Miliband. We're calling you out. You're out of touch. <laughs> Get involved. <laughs> so hold on. So just to surmise that, you, your, your house was literally flooded with shit. Correct. And you were wading around in shit all week. Trying to find the plug hole. Well, it's not that easy. It's not like a bathtub. Sure. So presumably you call the council or you called. I call the council. All right. So how actually... did you? So what happened then? How did? Is it? Have you still got a well, pool of I was cursing... shit in your house? Well, I was cursing you and council. Actually, in the end, I called them. They sent an expert within the hour who was actually very helpful, and he sorted everything out. What was that brother's name? Gary. Yes, Gary. Yes, Gary. You are a hero of men. Yes, sir. And uh, it turns out, Ash, that it wasn't actually oil or fat. And someone had actually been using an excess of toilet tissue. Now, say what you want about immigrants, Ash. Say what you want. But I will defend them to the teeth, bro. And our bathroom routine is not centered around toilet tissue, is it? No, it's not. And we will return Mainly to Mainly because topic. it's quite expensive toilet tissue. But we will return to this topic later, Ash, mm. of uh, toilet tissue in the bathroom. Mm. Yes, we will. Um, so so you've got it, everything sorted now, right? That's right. I'm no longer UKIP, I'm afraid. My brief flirtation with fascism was uh, over as soon as it began. So I'll probably try uh, communism next. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Nigel Farage. Yeah. 
Okay, now we're going to move on to our weekly hot topic, which this week is the upcoming general elections in May. Um, so let's go straight in. Um, do you vote in elections, Billy, and will you be voting this time around? Um, I never used to vote, to be honest with you, Ash, but, um, mm. but after um, Obama won the elections, politics became pretty cool for a while, didn't it? So um, I was tricked into believing that voting actually made a difference. But having said that, and I know this is a non-partisan show, but I would do anything, I would do anything to prevent he who shall not be named from living in number 10. Who is he who shall not be named? Well, well, the fact that, Ash, the fact that this 21st century Grima Wormtongue could be any of four candidates, that really says something about uh, contemporary politics, doesn't it? I mean, usually you'd be able to identify who I'm talking about. But oh, it's all of them, isn't it? Yeah, but why do you think that is? Do you think that there's a sort of a, I don't know, a shared political spectrum nowadays where we can't really define between who's on the right side and who's on the wrong side? They've definitely all moved to the centre, haven't they? Whatever that means. Um, this sort of big area of shit, really. <laughs> the brown area. The brown area, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's a whole brown area. Um, where most poli- politicians and political parties are are now situated, aren't they? So we'd have to vote for one of those. But I mean, well, I'm sorry to have to call you out on this, Ash. But mm. I mean, do you think that's because people have become kind of disenfranchised with politics, or do you think all of the parties are striving for, I don't know, the same things, which is you know profiteering and things of that nature? Yeah, well, I, I, politics is less about principle now isn't it it's more about who can win an election and stay in power and you know this is this sort of punch and judy element of it is uh is quite big now isn't it and that's why you've got people like farage <laughs> who um you know is capitalizing on that because people feel out of touch from the westminster bubble um so people like farage come along and, and fill that vacuum and others as well I and mean, that's why it's, it's disappointing that People who actually feel this and uh, who are critical of the way politics is conducted in this country at the moment don't stand for elections and, uh, you know, they don't do anything about it. We're all sort of forced to vote for one of these rubbish parties. Because I guess you, I mean, Farage is going for that common man kind of vote. I mean, he is the common man. He lives in a semi-detached house, a very humble semi-detached house in the country. Yeah. And what about Ed Miliband, Dash? What's your opinion on him? Well, I've got to see how he deals with your sewage problem first. Oh. <laughs> I'll see, the I'll, jury's out. I'll see you there, Ed Miliband. <laughs> so recently we had the local elections, didn't we? That's right, yeah. Uh, in London. Did you vote for anyone then? Well, Ash, I, I live in Newham, as I mentioned earlier, and during the run-up to the local election, we had um, visitors from our local councillors. And the first to come were the Labour representatives who knocked on the door, told us to vote Labour, and then they buggered off. <laughs> and maybe to get photographed eating a bacon sandwich, I don't know. But it seemed to me like they had taken the Newham vote for granted. Um, and then second to come were two bearded brothers, mm. and both South Asian. And then to my surprise, they were advocating a vote for the Tories. Mm. and um, that's pretty shocking wouldn't that's you really agree shocking. that's not uh, very so why typical were they, why were they advocating a vote for the Tories well after speaking to them to make sure that it wasn't a joke or something they claimed that they had joined the Tory party because Robin Wales mm. who's the current mayor of Newham Labour Party uh, didn't support the project for a new mosque in the area now 
Ash, I don't really know much about politics and I know as much about contemporary society as David Starkey. <laughs> but I've seen a lot of political dramas and to me this seems like an old-fashioned bribe mm. in the sense that the Tory party are saying, all right, we'll give you your mosque if you vote for us, but then don't complain when we completely decimate the local community, vilify Muslims in the media, destroy the NHS and actively pursue stronger ties with questionable states. So, I mean, I appreciate that these two brothers are siding with the Tories because they feel it's their sort of Muslim duty to defend the mosque project. But surely things like medical care, social cohesion and economic welfare are fundamental aspects of the faith. And these things are these are the things which Tories have consistently tried to privatise or destroy. I mean, am I on the right track here? Yeah, I mean, I, I would. Uh, I'm a bit confused about these uh, these South Asian Muslim Tory chaps because it's um, I don't know. It's why. a bit of a contradiction in terms, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, a mosque. Um, people go to a mosque because they believe in all those values that you described, not the other way around. Um, so that's very interesting. Um, but one man we know that certainly wouldn't be voting in the coming elections is uh, Mr. Russell Brand. Ooh, great man, great hair. <laughs> um, and all of this really sort of, you know, it, it puzzles me because he's obviously very active, yeah, um, very vocal about the state of uh, politics in, in Britain at the moment yeah, and indeed the world. It's critical of the banking system, it's cr- critical of the structures of capitalism. Yet he repeatedly describes himself as a comedian. Indeed. Um, and he's always fascinated me because, he, you know, I, I do. I would say that I do agree with a lot of the stuff that old Russell has to say about politics. Yeah. Um, but he was on Question Time recently, wasn't he? And they, That's they, right, yeah. They, that, that UKIP dude sort of called him out and... Member of the audience? Yeah. Was he UKIP? I think so. I think it emerged later that he, his brother-in-law or someone was... A, a UKIP candidate somewhere. Right. Or a councillor. Right. Um, but regardless, I mean, he, he asked a, what I thought was a valid question. Yeah, and Russell Brand seemed pretty flustered, to be honest with you. Yeah, he did. He didn't really have his usual sort of, you know, you could tell that he was... Well, he said something that, along the lines of, I would join politics, but I'm worried that I'll become one of them. Yeah. Which to me seemed like he was kind of saying that the system cannot really be changed from the inside because as soon as you enter into that political sphere you will just immediately assimilate into that political class, I guess, and you'll no longer strive for change. Yeah. Which to me seems a bit like a defeatist attitude. Yeah, it's, it's defeatist, it's definitely contradictory, because he's clearly an advocate of, um, of voting, of parliamentary democracy. Um, he, he clearly agrees with um, you know, liberal democracy, the universal suffrage, these principles. Um, he's not. He's not. I mean, I know he's got a book out called Revolution, um, but he doesn't seem to be a revolutionary in the sense that he's not calling for a wholesale dismantling of the structures that bind us politically in society. Mm. So, if he's not, you know, asking for that kind of revolution where we have a completely different system of governance coming in, completely different philosophy to base our society on, mm. not on freedom of expression, freedom of religion, and all these other liberal values. If he's not advocating the destruction of that particular value system, then he should be all for um, putting candidates forward which represent his own interests, right. putting himself forward or advocating alternative 
political parties within the system. In essence, he should be calling for reform within democracy and very much be part of it. Mm. Either stand um, mm. or support somebody else will stand on your ticket or on your on the principles that you that you um, support. But he seems to do none of that. I mean, he doesn't support any of the political parties because he said there's no point of anybody voting because right. if you vote, you know, nothing much will happen. So let's not vote and nothing much will happen. So do you think he could run independent, perhaps, like Lutfur Rahman? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, he could... Uh, well, Lutfur Rahman's got his own party, hasn't he? He's got Tower Hamlets first. He's got lots of people who are, uh, who, are who are patrons of that party. Yeah. Um, uh, Lutfur Rahman, by the way, listeners, for those of you who aren't aware, is the um, Muslim executive mayor of the borough of Tower Hamlets is under a lot of pressure at the moment for uh, for allegedly misappropriating council funds to his uh, pet organisations. Yeah. And Robin Wales, who we mentioned earlier, actually refused to work with him. Yes, based on those uh, on those allegations. Um, so, yeah, no, so look from one, he's got his own party, Tower Hamlet's first, he's, he, he's run an independent ticket, and he's actually showing an alternative way of doing politics in Tower Hamlet's, whether you agree with him or not. He's breaking that sort of party political status quo. Um, whereas Russell Brand's not doing any of that. He's He's rightly, I think, criticising everyone mm. but not really providing an alternative all questions and no answers yeah um, well, which maybe we should uh, uh, I mean we're basing our discussion on on really two appearances on television aren't we one with Jeremy Paxman and the other one on Newsnight mm. so maybe we should uh, invite him onto the show to clear some of these issues up what do you think yeah well I definitely think we should uh, invite Russell I mean uh, I've had the fortune of meeting Russell very briefly and I think he's a very nice guy oh wow was he's that in uh, was that in a sort of political arena no, no or... I met him in uh, Lahore Kebab House oh definitely a political role. arena then yeah <laughs> um, and uh, he was a very nice approachable person and um, very nice guy so yeah I'd love to have him on the show yeah Russell Brand you'll definitely remember Ash because he also has fantastic hair <laughs> You're wasted on radio, eh? <laughs> um, yeah, so let's get him on and uh, and see what he says. Russell, more than welcome, brother. Welcome. Come and speak to us. Dear the Muslims are coming, where do Muslims go after work or to have a good time? And that's by Sandra Jennings in Guildford. That's uh, where do Muslims go after work or to have a good time? Well, I'm, I just stay at home, Ash, to have a good time, to be honest with you. What about you? Um, yeah, I like home. Home's nice. Um, but sometimes I go out. Where'd you go out? Well, I'd go to... Well, after work, I'd go to... You know, some of my colleagues go to the pub. I'll go with them. Mm. Um, have you been to Edgeware Road? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been to Edgeware Road, yeah. What about Cafe Nero? Yeah, Cafe Nero. What would you get? Uh, I get the coffee. Good choice. Um, yeah, so I go out. Sometimes, sometimes I go out to various places. Mm. But you stay at home, so you, so you never I go do, out. Yeah, I mean, I prefer it, Ash. To be honest with you, right? Because my parents are getting on a bit, and I enjoy spending time with them. Right. When I was younger, of course, I went out. Do you know? What I mean, I lived the student life. Yeah. As it were. Mm. That's how I've heard about Cafe Nero <laughs> and Edgeware <laughs> Road. Yeah. But yeah, nowadays I, I just genuinely enjoy having dinner with my family. But you do realise, I mean, that's, I mean, I really, I, you know, that sounds really great. Yeah. But the way that you live your life, Billy, yeah. a lot of people will find boring. Mm, each their own. 
And the fact that you still live with your parents. Yeah. At the grand old age of 27 or whatever you are. You're 28, aren't you? you I'm 28. Yeah. yeah. Um, Thanks for revealing <laughs> that one. So all of that, <laughs> all, I mean, all I'm saying is that, you know, Sandra Jennings from Guildford yeah. can't quite understand why, uh, you know, uh, a fit and healthy person like you would live with their parents, not go out and all of that. What do you have to say to her? But yeah, for me, that's completely normal. I've always, I don't know, I, I never thought I would be happy mm. doing those kind of things. Yeah. So I'm either at home or I'm with you, Ash, and you you uh, live with your parents as well, don't you? Yeah, no, I do, yeah. No, I love it. It's great. Yeah, we've got, let's, let's ask, you know, Rosie doesn't live with her parents, do you, Rosie? No, but I live with my brother. <coughs> oh. I used to, I, have, I had a bit of a complex about this, though, because I'm blonde, white, and in my early 20s, so mm. I... Sh- felt like I should really <laughs> yeah so I felt like I should always be going out and really loving it technically and you're in the mid 20s Rosie no just putting it out there be. no but tw- 25 and one year on either side yeah there's a margin Rosie yeah yeah well that means you're in your mid 30s wait chill out <laughs> we'll have none of that anyway make your point um and so I, I used to feel really shit about the fact that I thought I was a really boring person because I never like I didn't really like going out because it's freezing cold, really expensive, full of uncivilized people and rubbish music. So then, so I don't really go out that much anymore. I do like going out, but not all the time. Okay, Billy. So for the benefit of uh, Sarah Jennings in Guildford, hmm. are you a boring f- because you're a Muslim? I don't think it's just because I'm Muslim because Rosie's a boring f- as well. Thanks, Billy. And that brings us to the end of this week's show. We'd hope you join us again next time for some more The Muslims Are Coming. <laughs>